Welcome to Working Smarter, presented by Calabrio, where we discuss contact center industry trends and best practices, as well as sharing success stories and pain points with some of the most innovative professionals in the industry. We're glad you're here joining us to learn and grow together in order to provide world-class customer service to each and every one of our clients. My name is Dave Hookstra, product evangelist for Calabrio, and my guest today is John Wipert. John is the global customer support systems manager for Cummins, and Cummins is one of those uh, companies that you may not have heard of, but you kind of probably have because you're probably surrounded by their products every day in and out. So, John, welcome. Thank you. Yeah. And so uh, let's start right off the gate. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what Cummins does and uh, what kind of products and services you provide to your customers? Sure. So Cummins has been around since 1919. And uh, what Cummins does is we design and manufacture and distribute engines of uh, all kinds of types. So everything from uh, diesel engines, where we really kind of um, started out our, our, our business in 1919. Um, and we've expanded recently into uh, natural gas, um, gasoline, as well as hybrid electric platforms um, and the related technologies that support those engines. So I, is it safe to assume that, you know, this is a Collaborio podcast and we're talking about contact centers. Is it safe to say that you uh, work pretty closely with the contact center to support these engines? Yes, absolutely. So my role within Cummins is to um, ensure that the different technologies that the contact centers around the globe use to support our customers is consistent. So everything from our uh, telephony systems, uh, obviously Calabrio from a WFM QM analytics perspective and uh, other, other systems that uh, the, you need to support your customer base. Um, we might make sure that we don't have one-offs going on and, and uh, certain part, you know, corners of the world that we don't know about and uh, might be giving a, a less than desirable or inconsistent experience to our customers. That's great. Yeah. And, you know, we all know how important that consistent technology is and the reliability. Um, and that's great, right? Obviously, we want to promote Calabrio and, and, and what they do for you guys, but that's really not quite what we're here to talk about today. What I really wanted to get you on to talk about today was uh, you guys kind of employ a really unique forecasting method to what's going on. And, you know, I want to back up for those of you that don't maybe have fully uh, tapped into the, the way forecasting and workforce management works. Um, you know, pretty typically, we want to know how many calls we're going to get in, in a typical contact center, right? Day to day, hour to hour, and so that we can accurately predict our staffing levels. Um, and you guys do that, right? But what I was really interested in talking to you about is this alerting system that you've kind of brought up. And so um, do me a favor, before we get into the forecasting part, explain this alert process and kind of what the whole reason it exists for, maybe where it came from. Give us a little background there. Sure. So the uh, the alert system we have is um, it's linked to a monitoring system that is located on the engine or uh, the uh, the unit. Um, the in this case, you know, we're talking about you know, these large mining trucks, but uh, could be mounted onto the onto the engine itself or somewhere with on within the truck that will alert. Um, not only will it alert the driver uh, with a light on their dash as to the, a potential issue or problem within their vehicle, 
but it will also then alert our monitoring system that there might be a problem going on with this particular unit. So we have our parameters set up within our monitoring system for you know top end, lower end, and be able to monitor uh, these uh, these engines performance throughout the throughout their uh, you know work day, work week, whatever. And when an alert is is uh, presented to us, we take a look at what the alert is, um, what the you know on this particular unit. Try to take a look at uh, the severity of the alert to determine is this something that is just a minor blip, maybe it's just an anomaly, and just one one pop you know above the upper threshold and then went back down. Everything is good within the engine. Or it could be that this has been building and building and building and, and this particular engine is in route for a major catastrophe. And we try to help these mine sites uh, make the determination through with our guidance, and with our expertise to let them know, is this, does this alert something that they need to be concerned with? Is this alert something that can be just handled with their next maintenance cycle? So basically what I'm hearing you say is this is a check engine light. Uh, and then some. <laughs> and then some, right. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, some. I imagine that there's multiple levels and, and those kind of things. But for those of you who are driving around with the a piece of electrical tape over your check engine light because you don't like that it's on, uh, just know that that's what John and his team support, right? And so what's really interesting, now we haven't gotten into the, the contact center really connection of this yet. Um, but essentially what's happening is there's these mining trucks. And I should mention, these are not like little pickup trucks. These are not like F-150s that are out there. These are uh, gigantic, huge mining trucks with probably multi-million dollar engines that, uh, that can have a significant outcome in the productivity of a particular site during the day. And so these proactive alerts allow uh, Cummins to monitor what's going on. Now, what's happening is, is those, those alerts are being sent into John's team, but What's interesting is, is how John and his team use those informa that information to help them forecast and schedule the team to support that. So, John, tell me a little bit about how you guys use those alerts kind of in a day-to-day -day and a week-to-week -week fashion to understand what's going to happen with your team. Sure. So, you know, like I've heard you say many times, if you can count it, you can forecast it, right? That's right. So that's that's basically the basic premise for what we do. So, you know, we get these alerts from the different mine sites, you know, 24-7, 365. So they're, you know, these sites are constantly going. And so we'll get alerts all throughout the day. So um, we'll get an extract from our monitoring system as to the frequency, you know, the number of intervals or uh, um, alerts that have occurred in a particular interval. Um, you know, we have a handle time that we've uh, developed for each one of these alerts. And we take that information and then manually import it into Calabrio. And with Calabrio, then we are able to, you know, enter in our service level targets um, and get a forecast for a uh, number of alerts we can expect. So we can just monitor our volumes. Are we going up? Are they going down? Um, and then we can also use it then ultimately for uh, getting to the point where we can forecast our resource needs to, to respond to either the current uh, 
um, a, a current group of engines that are in the field and being monitored. Or, you know, if we're going to bring on, say, another country, we, uh, we're in the process of taking over all of the mine sites um, in Australia. That we're talking about, uh, you know, another couple hundred mine sites or, or sorry, probably a couple hundred um, units, just, you know, in another handful of sites. But each site has several, several units that we monitor. So we're, we're trying to make the determination. Are we able then to um, take on that that additional load based upon our current uh, resources uh, that we have uh, in place already? And um, knowing what kind of makeup of uh, units and trucks that they have on those at those sites, we know how often uh, engine X um, will will give us an alert versus engine Y. So we've built that also into our our forecasting model. So we know if a site is coming on with a particularly high concentration of engine X, we know we're going to get more alerts. So therefore, we're going to probably need more resources. If we're, mine site has more uh, engine Y, which has a lower failure rate or for, uh, fewer alerts, we may not have to ramp up and uh, bring up staffing uh, as quickly. That's so basically what you're telling me here is you have engines that call you with skill based routing, right? So, <laughs> so it's, it's kind of like, these are, these are more difficult alerts and these are less difficult alerts. And if we have this type of engine there, we should expect uh, a certain number. And you guys are able to replicate that almost as a template to be able to help predict the staffing levels of what your individual contact center is going to need. And I think that's so great. We have so many people come to us at Calabrio and say, we need, we have this back office process. We, we need to, we need to forecast and schedule for this. And we don't ever have any idea what, how to do it. And the first question that we ask is, well, what are you counting? And this is a great example of that. This is a very, very non-traditional way of creating a forecast. But if you strip away the, the, the funky names, right, alerts and engines and mining sites and, and kind of put it down to interactions, all we're doing is counting the number of interactions, applying a handle time, and you're able to use that as a template for going forward. And I think that's really great. Um, tell me a little bit about these, these mining trucks, because uh, I'm fascinated as a, you know, as a kid playing with trucks, you know, always, always thought that that was cool, but these are not just your typical dump trucks that work in a pretty normal capacity, correct? Correct. These things are huge. And you kind of hinted a little bit uh, about it earlier, talking about the size of an engine in an F-150, right? So a typical passenger vehicle has, you know, got an engine, say, two and a half liters, maybe up to, you know, nine, 10 liter engines, right? And those are you know, what we use on a daily basis to get to and from work or going to, you know, take the kids to soccer practice or grab groceries. These things, these engines we're talking about are 60 and 70 liter engines. So think about the, the size difference. You know, when we're looking at it, when you're looking at a 70 liter engine that, you know, that's the, that's the size of a car. It's not right. something you put inside a car. Right. And as a result, you know, the, you need an engine that size to power these huge vehicles. And these things are, those Tonka trucks that you use when you're, you know, four or five years old playing in the sandbox in your backyard, those, those things in real life. And, you know, unless you've been next to one, you can't really imagine 
and really appreciate the size of those of those trucks. They are way, way, way more larger than um, you can imagine. And I think it's like a typical human being only comes about maybe halfway up the tire. Is that about? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, we're talking these monstrous things. Now, I want you guys that are listening to this episode to stop and think exactly how much that particular truck probably costs not only to purchase but yeah can you imagine like what's your payment on that thing well it's a seven it's a 72 year uh <laughs> payment structure uh but uh the, also the maintenance and then the kind of the, the this is the whole key to i think what makes this a really great story for people to listen to about kind of forecasting and the unique usage is you mentioned to me that there's a significant um there's a significant cost reduction to being proactive in monitoring these alerts. Is that correct? Right. So when a, when a mine site has a catastrophic failure and they lose a, a digger or a, a truck, I mean, if this site is down, there could be millions of dollars a day. And so that, that adds up quickly. So that's part of the, what this uh, monitoring service is for, is for us to be able to help proactively let the, um, let the site know that they've got a problem coming and to be ahead of it and, and, and take care of it now versus a catastrophic failure where that truck now is sitting in the, um, in the road, right? Either coming or going to pick up a load. And now what do you do with it? It's, 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 you know, dead on the, on the road. So that's what this service tries to provide and tries to help reduce, you know, reduce the costs obviously of that maintenance for, for those sites. And very much in the same way of uh, a typical context. And I, you know, just going back to the old default of phone calls coming in, right. Um, a good smart contact center will go to steps to help prevent unnecessary phone calls, right? Whether right. it's proactive emails to your customer base or self-service options, you know, press two to check your account balance. Those are all things that a typical contact center would do to help prevent that. You guys are in a sense doing that exact process here, but you're doing it for your customers, right? And I think that's a huge thing here is that you have taken what was probably a, I imagine a bit of a burden, back in the day, right? When these alerts were coming in and we were trying to figure out what to do with them, you've taken it to a burden and actually turned it into something that actually kind of turns around and is a win-win for your customers. It helps you generate a little bit of extra revenue, but it also helps you, um, it, it helps your customers save a boatload of money. As a matter of fact, I think you even had a, a case study where you had a pretty significant savings of of one of your uh, of one of your areas. So, have you have you worked have you talked directly with any of these customers as far as like how this has saved them or helped them uh, kind of day to day work with uh, decreasing expenses? Yeah. So you, you mentioned that case study. And I was just about ready to mention that. So we had a customer come on board with us uh, first of the year this year. So in January, 2021, and their goal was to save a million dollars. Um, not just, you know, just in, in the uh, monitoring service. And it was a pretty aggressive uh, savings goal. Well, shortly after bringing the, these, um, the site online, we were monitoring our, um, the equipment like we usually do and working the alerts as they came in to the, to the staff and noticed a particular uh, engine was exhibiting some, um, some readings that were outside of, uh, you know, the norm. 
And we watched it for a while and it, it wasn't, it wasn't reacting as we had expected. Um, took that information then to our engineering team and together with our engineering team, we're able to determine that this particular engine is, has had a problem for some time with a very hard to diagnose failure. And usually we, we would find the failure when it was a catastrophic failure. So that at that point, the engine is is done, right? We have to this pull the engine out is, and put a new one in. This is, you'd find it out after the catastrophic after failure. After that yes. catastrophic failure, right. right. So the engine so, block is sitting on the ground, oil everywhere, and there's a, there's a huge problem. This this is where you used to detect it. Now you're detecting right. it before it happens. Right. So we were we saw the the readings coming, you know, coming in that were out of uh, out of spec, and you know, got that to our engineering team. They did some work, and we were able to determine. The, what the failure was was leading to and so this like i said this has been a hard, hard to diagnose issue with this particular engine for probably the last five years and you know finding out about it after the fact is not desirable because it's not you know obviously not desirable for our company's rep, engine reputation right right and it's also not desirable for the site because now they have to spend they have to buy a whole new engine to put inside this vehicle so by us proactively monitoring this this uh, site in this particular unit, we were able to uh, not only find a hard to diagnose uh, issue and find a find a solution for it, but also help save this particular mine site about six hundred thousand dollars. So by the end of the first quarter, we were already six hundred thousand dollars <laughs> to that million dollar savings they were hoping to hoping to get this year. I love it. And so how how much time, you know, in one of these potential scenarios, is this like a fire drill kind of a thing where you're like frantically trying to get them to take that engine out of service? Or do you typically have a little bit of uh, a little bit of runway there? It, it all depends. It all depends upon uh, this, the circumstance. With this one, we we re, um, advise that they they park the truck because something is going on that was that was not expected, and we advise them to park until we could get more, a better answer for them. And then, like, like as I mentioned, worked with our engineering team, found a solution, and got it back to the site and saved them a boatload of money. That's so cool. I just imagine that that uh, driver, you know, kind of his radio goes off and is like, "You're going to need to shut it down," you know. And it's like, "Uh, what? Uh, okay." And now it's like, "Trust me, you just saved us six hundred grand. Believe me, <laughs> the, the, you did the right thing." That's really cool. And so, you know, again, I kind of pulling this back to just overall the idea of forecasting, right? Um, now that you guys, uh, so how big is your team that's monitoring these alerts and uh, kind of building upon that? How, how have you kind of used WFM to, uh, to, to kind of anticipate the staffing levels going forward? Right. So when, when the service started, it was a 24 seven service and it was very, we had a very few number of uh, units that we were monitoring. So we built our staff based upon what the what the need was from a um, coverage standpoint, making sure that we are there 24 hours a day versus the volumes that were coming in. So we have a team of nine um, nine me uh, members right now that are scheduled throughout the day, throughout the week, um, and you know some are are doing nothing but monitoring. Uh, these these alerts in the the different engines throughout the day. Others are pre preparing reports. Others are sifting through data and attending meetings with these sites. Uh, you know, reporting out some of the findings and some of the things we have we have found so far. 
And and so using that WFM data, I know that the you know you, you're you're bringing on some new sites, or you have recently brought on some new sites. Did uh, did having that background information kind of help you make a smart hire or two for how many people you needed to kind of in, with the increased workload? Well, so far since we've uh, started started this process, we haven't had to add any additional headcount. Because not only have through this process have we been able to save that particular you know one customer um, six hundred thousand dollars, but we've also been able to trim down our response time and our handle time significantly. So we did not have we've been able to add new mine sites, a uh, variety of different engines and uh, units that we monitor um, without having to add additional headcount to this point. And forgive me for getting excited, but that's exactly why we have workforce management. And it's why it gets me so excited to talk about it, because that's the whole point, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this, workforce management helps you answer more interactions with the same number of people by creating efficiencies. And that's what we want to hear. We want to hear that uh, John and his team did not have to add any expense but they were able to bring in more sites and that means more revenue for Cummins as well. Right. And that's, that's a, that's a great thing. And that's exactly why I just get so excited about talking workforce management, which is why I wanted to have you on today. So that just gets me excited. So I'm so happy to hear that. And, uh, you know, I think it's so great what you guys are doing. Um, what I want to do is kind of spin it to uh, expanding beyond what we're talking about today. Yes, this is a very unique case. But again, like I said, if we strip it down to the basic facts, we're doing some counting, we're applying some uh, some uh, assumptions, and we're creating a staffing management, right? This can happen in any organization, right? We hear from customers all the time that want to talk about um, emails, right? I need to answer emails. How many people do I need? Or, hey, we work tickets out of our uh, CRM? Uh, how many people do we need? Uh, I need to know how many customers walk in the door. Uh, I need to know how many bank tellers I need because based on number of transactions. Again, John, what, what's the phrase? What, what do I say? If I can count, I can forecast it. If you can count it, you can forecast it. And that's the whole key, right? So the first question we always ask is, how are you counting? What are you counting? And if you can answer those questions, then Calabrio is, is able to generally help you out there with that information. So, John, I could not uh, appreciate you coming on more. This has been so uh, entertaining and you and I have gotten a great chance to connect over this. And you can tell I, I really geek out about this kind of stuff. And uh, I can't wait till I'm able to get out and travel and that you're back in the office and come out and visit your operations center so we can see how this is really going. So for those of you listening, I would expect more information to come out because this is such a cool use case. So John, anything else you want to throw into our listeners before we get out of here? Um. No, it's just, you know, we're, we're constantly looking for uh, new ways to utilize the software and continue to leverage. Uh, you know, you mentioned email and, and chat. We're in the process of rolling that out to our centers and figuring out how we're going to start counting those uh, interactions with, and forecast those so we make sure we get the proper amount of staff. Right now, we're just kind of putting our finger in the air and hoping we got the right number. Um, 
you know, so you know, we're continually looking for ways to continue to leverage uh, our WFM's forca- forecasting software to you know improve our operation and ultimately Im- improve our customer experience. That's great. Yep. And you know that uh, I don't have to tell you this, but Calabria is here to help whenever those things do come out. So um, again, John, let me thank you for joining us today. Uh, We're excited to have you as a guest on the podcast. We want to thank you for that. I will go ahead. This was John Wipert, uh, the Global Customer Support Systems Manager for Cummins. Uh, If you want more information, it is Cummins.com, I assume. Correct, John? Correct. Correct. Okay. And uh, for Calabrio, it's Calabrio.com. If you want more information, is anything you feel like we might be able to help you out with. So, John, again, thanks for joining me today. I really appreciate the time. And uh, for those of you that are out there, absolutely. It's the pleasure is all ours. We really do appreciate having such fantastic customers like you guys. So my name is Dave Hoekstra, the uh, product evangelist here at Calabrio. Thank you guys for listening, and we shall see you on the next episode. Take care, everybody.